Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. And uh, it really is, really is good to be with you. I want to turn this morning back to Isaiah chapter 6, where, our, where we kind of started looking at it last week. And I want to talk about being undone. I want to talk about being undone. And in Isaiah chapter 6, he has this wonderful word in the New King James Version. He says, I am undone. But uh, before I get there, just it has been completely crazy. It is good to see things turning or going back to kind of some uh, kind of normal uh, kind of normal life, kind of carrying on and going to work and getting, being able to get some food and all those sorts of things. We have been busy this week. Uh, distributing food packs and getting getting food to people, and it's been quite a it's quite a nice thing to do because you're kind of physically actually doing something um, instead of this online thing that we do nowadays. But I really do want to encourage you. We are we are in a, we're in exceptional times. We are uh, when you look at we we, we looked at 2020 and we thought yeah, 2020 you are you really dealt us a bad hand. And we looked at 2021 and we realized 2020 was a piece of cake until we got to 2021. So, but God is still on his throne, and that's where I want to go to this morning. Um, so I want to read this again for us, and then look at this thing of being undone. It says this in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through to verse 8. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings, Two with two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. I am ruined. That's my text for this morning. I am ruined. We'll look at all the other translations, what they say. Um, about that, that phrase, I am ruined. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Isaiah said, here am I, send me. And uh, we looked at how how our encounter with the holiness of God in a moment like this can completely change our perspective. And what I was struck by in in looking at this text is is that verse 5, woe is me for I am ruined. And in different translations, it says this. And the ESV says, woe is me, for I am lost. Um, the NIV is, I am ruined. In the New English um, translation, the NET, it says, woe is me, I am destroyed. In the message, it says, I'm as good as dead. In the NLT, the New Living Translation, it says, it's all over, I'm doomed. And in the New King James Version, it says, woe is me, I'm undone undone. And I just, I just, I, I, that caught my, caught my attention. I am undone. 
It's an incredible thing when we have an encounter with the holiness of God, with the uniqueness, with the bigness, with the glory, with the, with the awesomeness of God. The, the response of Isaiah was, woe is me, I'm undone. I started thinking about the, the different people that had encounters with this holiness of God, this, with this God. And I, was, and I, was, thought of, I thought of Moses in the burning bush. Moses is, is, uh, encounters this bush that's burning but not being consumed. And it says he hid his face in fear. And, and God says, take your shoes off. Um, I thought of Joshua. Joshua is about to go into, they've crossed the, red, the, the Jordan. And they're about to go into, into Jericho. And, and he encounters the angel of the armies of God with his sword drawn. And after asking the, 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 the angel, he says, who are you? Whose side are you on? He says, actually, I'm on nobody's side. The bigger, better question is, are you, are you, are you ready to do what you call to do? And Joshua gets it, and he falls face down in reverence, it says in some translations. In other translations, it says, and he fell face down in worship, and he took his shoes off. We see Isaiah here coming into this, in, in, in this vision of God and saying, woe is me. I think of Job. The whole of the book of Job is this questioning and his friends tormenting him with these questions that are not godly. And right at the end, he says this, my ears have heard of you after God now starts questioning him. It's an incredible thing for Job. Job's questioning God. And then when it flips around, when God starts questioning him, Actually, he realizes that actually his perspective has been damaged. His perspective is not right. And he says, my, eyes, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. I am ruined. I need to repent. This was Job's response as he encounters this holy God, this, this incredible God. Paul, in the New Testament, encounters God in his glory. He falls down. He falls down to the floor and, and, and he asks God, God, who are you and what must I do? And all of, the, all of these people have an encounter with God in his glory, in his seated throne where he is king and lord of all. And their response is, most of them are all the same. They end up on the floor, face down, in worship, asking God, what must I do? And every single one of them get commissioned by God to go and do something. I'm intrigued by this encounter that Isaiah has, where he says, woe is me, I am undone. I am undone. And this was my, this was my thought. When, when you say I'm undone, it means, it means this, I'm incomplete. When you say I'm undone, it means I'm unfinished. I'm still a work in progress. I, I'm, I'm not, I haven't got there yet. I'm undone. I'm not, I'm not ready yet. It means I'm ruined. I'm destroyed. All those different translations. It means this. I've got no more answers. It, I've got no more answers. I've got, I haven't, I've only got questions. I don't have answers anymore. I've got to the end of myself. It means this, to be undone means I'm defeated, I'm overcome, I'm overwhelmed. I can't stand up anymore. I haven't got answers. To be undone means this, I've got no more options. 
I've got no more options, God. I've only got you. And Isaiah, who was preaching for four or five chapters before then, suddenly has this moment with God, and he realizes, actually, I haven't got the answers. Actually, I'm the one that needs to be asking the questions, even though God has called me to, to go and speak to these people. And this, was, this is my one point that I have for, for us this morning. We can get undone by circumstances and not find God. But I think what God wants us to do is to find him through our circumstances and see him so that he undoes us, not our circumstances. I think we can come into a place where we get desperate because of what's happening to us and we, and we kind of, we, we're on our knees because we defeated but we're defeated by the circumstances. We're not defeated by the wonder and the holiness and the power of God. And I think what God's wanting to do with us over this time in the church, because remember Isaiah starts in the, in the year that King Uzziah died, in the year that there was a pandemic, in the year that there was unrest and violence and riots and looting. I see the Lord high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled his temple. You see, the thing that undid Isaiah was not the fact that there was chaos in the land. The thing that undid Isaiah was that he saw God. And friends, we have an opportunity right now to look through the chaos, to look to the other side of the chaos, to look past the chaos and see God high and lifted up and let God's presence, glory, awesomeness and holiness undo us, not the circumstances. If we let the circumstances undo us before we see God, the work is not going to be complete that God wants to do in us and through us. You see, friends, God wants to be found in the midst of the chaos. God wants to be seen in the midst of all that's going on. He, but remember, when we see him, we don't see him out of control. We don't see him. He's seated on his throne. We don't see him in the, in the kind of, in doubt and, and, not, and, and kind of worried and concerned about what's happening, we see him high and lifted up. And that's the thing that undoes Isaiah. I don't know when we're going to have another moment, friends, in South Africa to see God through our challenges high and lifted up. Political chaos. Is it insurrection? Was it a coup? Or was it just bad governance that led to this? With just poverty and, and hopelessness that's led to this? Who knows? COVID, business is gone. Dreams shattered, hope shattered. But friends, can we see God high and lifted up? I don't want to be undone by the problems of South Africa. I want to be undone by the presence of God. When the presence of God undoes us, friends, we can say like Job, Lord, I've heard of you, but now I've seen you. Friends, when we can get undone by God and not the circumstances, we become solutions to the circumstances. When we get undone by the circumstances, we become solutions to nothing. You see, when you get undone by God, his wisdom, his life, his power comes into us and allows us to become the rebuilders and restorers and renewers. We cannot be undone by the chaos. Otherwise, we won't rebuild anything. 
And I've been so convicted this morning. I came this morning to my office. I thought, Lord, what do we speak about, Lord? I, I honestly had nothing to say. And when I saw this, I got so excited. I thought, Lord, please undo me. I want to be undone by you. I want to be undone by the presence of you. I want to be undone by the glory of God so that I can be the rebuilder and restorer of the nation of South Africa. If you get undone by the nation of South Africa, you will keep getting undone by the challenge and the chaos. It's not going to go away. We've got many years of challenge and chaos ahead of us, but God is seated on the throne and his robe, his train is filling the temple. You see, friends, what, what the challenge is meant to do, what the chaos is meant to do, what the, the year that King Uzziah died is meant to do, it's meant to urge us to look for God. It's meant to take us to God. It's meant to say, listen, you're, out of, you, you, you're undone now. You, you're incomplete. You are, all those words, what were they? Incomplete, unfinished, ruined. You got no answers. Look for me now. Look at me now. Take your eyes off of this and look at me now so that I can give you the wisdom, the strength, and the power, and the love, and the care so that you can be the solution to the problem. That's why James chapter 1 verse 2, one of my favorite verses, is so profound. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kind. Consider it pure joy when you're in the chaos of political turmoil and unrest and violence and COVID. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you can be undone, so that you be, can become mature and complete. You see, the opposite to undone is mature, complete, not lacking anything. And he's saying when you find God, you start to find a maturity, a completeness, but you have to come to God undone. You've got to let the presence of God undo you so that he can redo you. And God wants to redo us at this time. Friends, when we keep talking about a new normal, it's not a new normal of how we meet in church. It's not a new normal of, it's a new normal of the level and the presence of God in our lives. Actually, God wants to undo us so that he can redo us and send us out to be rebuilders and restorers. It must develop perseverance. At this time, friends, more than anything, we need perseverance, endurance, the ability to keep pressing through, to keep looking for God, keep, keep knowing that God is good, that God has got this, but, but we've got to see God through the midst of all of this chaos. In seeing God, friends, and I mentioned these things, I'm going to say them again now, last week. I mentioned them last week. In seeing God, like Job did, we regain perspective. If we don't, if we only see what's going on around us, we never find perspective. We have a perspective, but it is a smallness. It's an anxiety-filled, fear-filled perspective. It's not a glorious, holy perspective that God wants. It's incredible what Job does. Job goes through all of this, and right at the, chapter 42, right at the end, he, as I said, he says, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. And this is what he goes on to say. I despise myself. And I repent in dust and ashes. After all the questions that he's had, after all the doubt that he's been through, he comes to this, I've seen you, I despise myself. 
Lord, help me repent. I need to repent. I need to, I need to see you afresh. And then God goes and speaks to his, his, his brothers that were telling him wrong advice. And he says, now actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to get Job to pray for you. Job goes and prays for his brothers. And after he's prayed for his brothers, restoration. You see, friends, he cannot pray for his brothers' restoration until his eyes have seen God. We cannot pray for the hope and the brothers and the sisters that need our prayers at this time in South Africa of all races, cultures, colors, creeds, and tongues unless we've seen God. And then it says, and God restored to Job double that he had. It's an amazing thing. But first, friends, we've got to find God in the midst of chaos. We've got to, and it's not like you've got to find God through chaos. It's not like chaos is God. You've got to look past it. You've got to kind of dissect it, move it out the way. Ah, there's God. I can see him now. On the other side of it. You see, friends, when we see God, we change our perspective. And more than everything, South Africans need a new perspective. I need a new perspective. I don't even know how much that, when I say I need a new perspective, friends, my own frailty, my own thoughts need adjustment. We need a new perspective. And when we see God, high and lifted up, we get a new perspective. Secondly, when we see God, he deals with our hearts. He says, my guilt has been taken away and my, your sin has been atoned for. Friends, until we find God and we see God and our perspective gets changed, we don't really understand how much our guilt needs to be taken away and our sin atoned for. When we see God and we compare ourselves to God, not to people, we realize we need our sin atoned for. And this, friends, is the wonder of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because he comes and doesn't just deal with your sin and doesn't make sure that your sin's not counting against you. He takes away your guilt. Because we are sinful, because we are not innocent, because we are guilty. So he deals with the, the punishment but more than that, he takes away the guilt of it. So it's like you never did it. And you can live free. But you've got to find God. Friends, there's another whole level of repentance that God is asking the church to come into. A whole level of finding God and seeing God and adjusting and being obedient to God. That is profound in this day. I was looking at the Beatitudes when I started thinking about the adjustment of this. And I thought, you know, the, the pure in heart will see God. It's an amazing thing. We've got to see God to purify our hearts, but the pure of heart see God. So it's this ongoing, you kind of, once we can find God and see God, he purifies us, but then the pure of heart see God more. And so there's this ongoing greater and greater revelation of God that he takes us into. I thought of this poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom. You see, unless we see God... We're not poor in spirit. Unless we see God, we're not pure of heart. It says the more, those that mourn will be comforted. Mourners, it's like tears. To me, that's repentance, not just grieving. It's grieving over our own sin and our own stuff. And he says you will be comforted. 
He talks about the meek inheriting the earth. It's an incredible thing, friends. All of these things come from seeing him high and lifted up. Oh, Lord God, I want us to see you, Lord. I want us as a church, as a community, as believers in the city, to encounter you in your throne, Lord, so that we can see you, that you can do the work in us, so that we can be the people you've called us to be. When we see God, we get new perspective. When we see God, God deals with our hearts. When we see God, he, my call, our calls are clarified and purified. When I, saw, when I saw Isaiah's, my lips, I thought, why is lips? And there's all sorts of commentary around that. And, but I thought, actually, his lips, he was called to prophesy. He was called to speak, go and tell these people. So the very thing that he was called to do needed to be clarified and purified. I think of Moses, take your shoes off. Moses was meant to go and fetch the people and bring them back. He needed shoes for that. I thought of Joshua. Joshua needed to go and occupy and take hold of his inheritance. The very tool that he needs to go and do the thing needs to be purified and clarified. And when we see God, friends, the thing that we are called to, that you are called to, that each of us uniquely are called, together as one, but uniquely called, it purifies and clarifies that for us when we see God. This is a moment like we've never had before to find God in incredibly desperate times, friends. With economic upheaval, political upheaval, health upheaval. What a, what a time to be alive and to find God. And then lastly, when we see God, we are commissioned and sent. Friend, we never see God. God doesn't want us to see him and just to be wondered by him and just to be kind of look at him and to spend our lives looking at him. The reason why he wants us to find him is because he's got a job for us to do. The reason why he wants us to get hold of Jesus and the gospel and the kingdom is because he's got a kingdom to bring through our lives. Moses was, was, was commissioned to go and free people, to get a nation out of Egypt. Joshua was called to go and take, hold, to, to take Jericho and to bring the people into their inheritance. Isaiah was told, now go and tell this people, now that you've seen me. Go and tell them with the new power, with the new heart, with the new clarity, with the new purity in your heart. To Paul, God says, now get up and go. And Paul's blind. He has to go to Ananias. And he has to uh, uh, get prayed for so that he can regain his sight. And he goes. Paul's very question, well, who are you, Lord? And what must I do? As he's lying on the floor before God. Friends, God has a great job for us. We cannot, as I said last week, we cannot be a people that come and go from church on a Sunday or go to home groups or go to prayer meetings or actually, friends, just wander around and not partake in anything. I tell you what, the church in Durban, the church in Durban in particular, because of this, it's almost like we have a unique place in South Africa at the moment because of what we've been through. A unique opportunity to find God 
high and lifted up. God is commissioning the church of Durban at this time and sending the church of Durban at this time. But if we will see him, if we will see him and be purified, if we will see him and find the clarity, if we will see him and change perspective, if we'll see him and find the, the good news of guilt-free living and, and, and a change of heart, if we will see him high and lifted up, God will profoundly, profoundly change this into something that he can work with and he can build. My prayer for us, friends, my prayer for myself, is that I would see God high and lifted up. It's not a coincidence that as a church we're in a series of holiness. Where holiness means distinctness, otherness, uniqueness that God is. God is the only holy, 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 holy. And it's when we gaze on this uniqueness of God, this awesomeness, this holiness, this, this moral holiness, this, this awesomeness of God, that friends, something changes in our lives. My prayer for us as a church is that we would see him. Your ears have heard of him, but have your eyes seen him? When our eyes see him, friends, our responses like the Beatitudes, meekness, hunger, mourning, purity. It's a power, powerful, powerful thing. I trust that this has not just blessed you. I trust that you're experiencing the same thing I'm experiencing as I'm looking at this and seeing this. I'm, I'm praying that God would reveal something to us, friends, in this moment and jettison us into a, into a life with him into the power and the presence of God going with us in rebuilding, restoring, and renewing. It's a powerful, powerful time to be alive. Let's not forget it. Let's remember this God that we serve and trust that he will take us into greater things. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your life. I thank you for revelation, Lord God. I thank you that there... That, Father, you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation at this moment, Lord God, as you talk about in Ephesians 1. Lord. We need it, Lord. We need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We need a greater understanding of you, a greater sight of you, Lord God, that we can be the people we call to be in your incredible, incredible name. Touch every single person that's listening or watching this. I pray, Lord God, that every single person that listens or watches this would encounter you like never before. Not just hear you, but see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. I pray that you have a much better week than you had last week and the week before. And uh, let's, keep, let's keep looking for God. Let's keep searching. Let's keep getting hold of him and trust him for the powerful things he wants to do. Bless you and have a great, great week.